0: Hello everyone, Sydney St. James, here to thank you for joining me on my Christmas Day special. A long year has come and gone, and another one is right in front of us. So I gave a lot of thought about what I wanted to talk about this year, and I finally came up with a subject matter that is, I guess it's kind of unusual to be placed into a podcast, but I want to talk about how God humbled himself the day of the birth of Christ. So stay tuned. And our podcast is about to begin. Merry Christmas, everyone. Wow. Another year has come and gone when you're much younger it seems like it takes forever for Christmas to roll around again and again however in my family it's almost a December curse not Christmas something unwanted always happens this year my December curse was COVID-19 although I had all three vaccines which included the booster and Let's not forget the flu shot. It wasn't enough. So, I decided while under quarantine, I put together this Christmas Day special just for you. Now, to kick it off, I asked my wife before I started, what, what if I'm gonna talk about God humbling himself on the day Jesus Christ was born? And she looked at me and she says, God doesn't humble. God is all-powerful. God is almighty. I mean, God shoots bolts of lightning crashing into a rock up where Moses was to write the Ten Commandments. Or God helped spread an ocean wide open so people could cross. God doesn't do anything small. He sends another bolt of lightning and destroys the city of Jericho. But this was all... In the old testament so yes god is almighty but god does everything with great power because he is the almighty however on the day that his son was born god humbled himself and this is my story for my christmas day special today i want to talk to you again about sunday school class and a familiar story when we were putting on the annual Christmas Eve services one night when I was young. But before I do, let me make sure we're on the same page. God is all powerful. After all, as I said earlier, he destroyed the city of Jericho at the snap of his finger. Or he could open up the skies even and make it rain all day and all night for 40 days. So have you ever asked yourself when he took the flesh form and gave the world his son Jesus Christ who was born on Christmas day why didn't why didn't Jesus come with a boom? Why wasn't Gabriel blowing his horn as loud as he could or why wasn't archangel Waving his sword of defense, just glittering and glowing in the sky. Why? Well, I could find a lot of wise to talk about. Well, because our Sunday school was not very large, on that particular night of the Christmas Eve special, a single girl was chosen to be the all of the wise men, not just one. We all practiced, and we practiced. Until everyone had the story ready to perform for the whole congregation in Eagle Lake, Texas at the First Presbyterian Church. The church was full as it always is on Christmas Eve. When it came time for the one wise man's entrance, the young girl majestically swept up the aisle between the pews, standing room only in the church, draped in flowing gold robe, and all the costume jewelry accumulated over the years by the women of the church for various plays during the year. Pausing and bowing before the infant's crib, she looked down, and the entire church was silent, and she says, greetings, little baby. I bring you gifts, lots of gold, circumstance, and muck. Now, isn't that the truth? That's exactly what life brings us sometimes. Some gold, not just money, but gifts in the form of precious moments we occasionally encounter. Circumstance, oh, lots of that, and trust me when I say that none of that is predictable, such as my getting COVID at this time of year. And, last but not least, muck and grime. More than we want. The bad patches where we and our entire world is, right now, in every corner of the globe, sometimes get stuck. That's why I believe our traditional Christmas decorations can sometimes be somewhat misleading. Beneath most Christmas trees are beautifully wrapped packages and possibly a beautiful Christmas display with the Virgin Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and, of course, little baby Jesus. Mine sits on a table in the hallway. Pretty as could be, by the way. And you know, there's plenty of gold, some circumstance with it, but very little, if any muck and yuck for proper balance in realism i think that we should take a pail go outside put a big shovel of dirt in it and add some water and come up with a whole bunch of mud and mud not made with just clean landscaping type dirt from a potting store or garden supply but mud made from mucky landfill dirt the kind of dirt with all the yuck my alpacas would leave in the pen. Although, it really does raise great vegetables. In other words, really yucky, mucky, dirty dirt. We need to place that pail, by the way, of mud, out there in front of the tree where everyone can see it. I know, you're sitting there saying, what are you talking about? Why are, you, why are you no doubt asking? Well, before I answer that, let me ask if any of you experienced the movie The Passion of Christ. I saw it once, and it was like no other movie about Christ's last days on earth that I've ever seen. As you watched, you yourself, no doubt, felt the whip strike in his back, Over and over again. I even remember shouting at the movie screen and saying, Enough is enough for God's sake. I watched it and I cried. No movie in my life touched me like that one movie did. And I will tell you this, I will never watch it again. But... The point of my story is to turn back the hands of time to that day in December when Jesus was born, his birthday, Christmas. Now, I need to take you back to the Christmas tree where earlier I placed this large pail full of mud and yuck. Because that pale mud more so than the bright lights, the bows, the ribbons, the wrapped presents, and even the cute little manger scene reminds us of what God is really up to at Christmas. Today I'm trying to demonstrate a stark reminder of that day in reality, just like Mel Gibson did with the movie The Passion of Christ when Jesus was born. I was reading in a newspaper last year at some time about a Sunday school class in Houston, and they went to visit a local alpaca farm on a cold, damp day in December, not too far outside and away from Eagle Lake. The entire purpose of the field trip was for these Sunday schoolers, was to have the children experience firsthand what it must have been like, really like, for Mary and Joseph to be turned away from a nice warm and toasty clean room at the inn in Bethlehem, and to have to spend a very cold, windy, and brisk night in someone's barn. The Sunday school teacher had this all arranged as they came up to the farmhouse. The children went up to the homestead, knocked on the door as if it was the end in Bethlehem. It was all set up, and they asked if they could come and spend the night. The lady who answered the door told them that there was no room in the inn, but she did tell them there was room out back in the alpaca barn. So the children and the staff went around the barn in the back trying not to get stuck in the muck of the barnyard. There were alpacas everywhere. The lady said that Fortune was the big gray alpaca and was the nicest one and would eat out of everyone's hand. When they finally arrived at the barn, they got to see the animals housed inside. The reaction of the children to this field trip was striking. Most of the children and most of the Sunday school teachers too were quite disgusted with the entire thing. Some had to be coaxed even to enter the barn. They just couldn't get over the filth and the dirt and the alpaca poop everywhere. The alpacas had been rolling in the mud too, their favorite pastime, and were muddy and smelly. Hardly the freshly scrubbed creatures we see around the manger in all of our nativity scenes nowadays. And, of course, there was lots of manure, and I mean lots. That was one thing the alpacas did a lot of, and that was eat and poop. And think for just one moment, the reality is that Jesus was actually born into something just like this. Oh, of course, no doubt. The children were shocked. They were exposed to a reality that seems to get lost in all of our way of celebrating Christ's birthday today. Christmas Day. The Sunday school children were able to see the straightforward truth of Christmas. They were able to see how dirty of a night it really was. And it still is. But it is precisely in the mud and yuck that we discover what is so special. And so amazing about Christ's birth in Bethlehem. Yes, I did say amazing. But I need to let my sponsor know that I'm thinking about them. That's the only way I get my broadcast taken care of by my sponsors. So uh, be sure to listen to what my sponsor has to say. And I'll be back with you to listen to the rest of of my story. Okay, we're back. Thank you everybody for sticking around, not leaving, and let's continue with the rest of my story. You know, I talked about the condition of this barn where baby Jesus was being born and how I said my story was simply amazing. Well, in this barn, there was mud, manure, stenches, unbelievable smells. These are not the things we usually associate with the presence of our God Almighty. But Christmas announces to us that this is the kind of God we have. And it is this muck and yuck of Christmas that really makes our God so wonderful. This reminds me, I have to back up just a little bit, uh, of my three book paranormal romance series called The Storm Lord Trilogy. In writing The Storm Lord Trilogy in three parts, it was about Archangel Michael, It was about Archangel um, Gabriel and about Satan himself. And I finished the first two novels and as I got close to the end, I kind of got a writer's block. I was trying to figure out I wanted something that would show the power of God, God Almighty. And... It, it is shown in the third novel. Now, if you happen to want to read the novel, it's a paranormal romance. It's, a, I think, a great, great set. But be sure to read the first two before you read the last one. But I went out with a bang, in other words. In this trilogy, the ending was full of God everywhere you looked. He was flying through the sky on his beautiful golden chariot in the disguise of a mighty warrior. Do you think him doing that, you would have been shocked? Probably not. It was God, right? What if what if God came swooping in, in the middle, of fire and smoke, with lightning coming from the sky in every direction you looked? Do you honestly think anyone would have been blown away by watching his appearance? No. It was God Almighty. Or like in the final novel that I'm talking about of the Storm Lord trilogy, what if God came barreling in with bright lights and Archangel Michael waving his sword of defense fence in the sky and Archangel Gabriel blaring his trumpet up on top of Angelica's home and a great heavenly voice and chorus of angels that shouted, I am God. Do you think anyone would have been surprised at all of this? Probably not. Probably not. When we speak of the holy and almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, it is these awesome images of power that usually come to mind. Our understanding is probably mostly informed from the Old Testament. The scriptures from this part of the Bible, the holiness of God is often revealed in very powerful and many times frightening ways. The holiness of God is a powerful thing for us to behold. And that, my friend, is what makes Christmas Day so amazing and filled with wonder. In this birth of a baby child, Jesus Christ, God born in flesh, finds another way, very different way, to come among us. God didn't use a blinding light. He didn't use howling and deafening winds or loud trumpets or bolts of lightning as he came in on his arrival. There was no fire and no smoke and there were no heavenly choruses of angels singing. Instead, there was only the cries of pain as a woman, Mary, gives birth to a child and the cries of a newborn baby in the night. This is definitely not how the people of Israel had always thought their long-awaited royal descendant of the great King David would come. Their beliefs were fueled by such text as from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah appears to quote a royal enthronement ritual that was used every time a new king came to power. He described this future Messiah in the King James Version of the Bible in his verse, chapter nine, verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. But the birth of this baby in Bethlehem did not fit the conditions of what the people expected of a new king this birth did not seem to be very becoming of this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, or this everlasting Father. I think you would agree that the birth in this dirty born was certainly not very godly, right? It's not easy for us to know what this meant to God. What must have gone through God's heart and his mind when he decided to come into this world in circumstances like this. What we do know about this was that it was one where God humbled himself to appear in this world in the most vulnerable way he possibly could. And when you think about it, we can't help but be shocked, amazed, and so puzzled that God would love us so much that he would be so humbled as to come into a smelly and dirty world in the born where alpacas made their home in their bathroom, to be born in the midst of a manure and filthy animals on a terribly cold evening. Yet despite this reality, we do our very best to sanitize and take the true wonder out of Christmas. It's not just the commercialization and crowded big box stores that takes the wonder out of Christmas. Rather, it is all of our attempts to glorify Christmas, to set it apart, to make it something more fitting with respect to the glory and power we typically associate with God Almighty we also consciously and unconsciously impose a requirement that we be joyful this time of year. Is there a memo from on high above proclaimed that nobody is supposed to be sad at Christmas? Everybody, I mean everybody, is supposed to be happy and joyous. Consequently, there's no room, no time for tears and pain. And so we work overtime, even frantically sometimes, to cover up and deny those very things that make us human beings. And not hard stones that lie along the side of the road. Everyone It's got to have the Christmas spirit. And that means pretending that everything is wonderful, even when it's not. Take me, for example. I try to smile and be wonderful when I actually feel like what the alpaca's left behind in the stable. This COVID really had a time with me. And if others like me fail to pull it off, We sometimes complain about having, oh, I miss Christmas this year. The rest of the year may have its share of hurt and pain, but not at Christmas. It has to be holy, sacred, and different from the rest of the year. We even try to cleanse the Christmas story from scripture. We remove it from ordinary muddy and yucky world in which we all live today, with so much hatred and crime everywhere we look. There are no sounds of pain from a mother in childbirth. The idealized infant portrayed on a Hallmark Christmas card, and in live nativity scenes and Christmas Eve plays like the one I acted in at my church when young is precious adorable, and remarkably subdued. The animals in the stable are washed and clean. The shepherds are squeaky clean, as well as the three wise men, who were actually some sort of astrologer or something, become nothing less than three kings. And then, of course, we have our Christmas trees with their red, yellow, and orange bubble lights, decorations, icicles, hanging all over and ornaments standing there reminding us that this time is like no other time. On this night, there is no place for sorrow or pain. Grieving and weeping, neither one are welcome. Everything must be neat, clean, and just right, muck and yuck is definitely out of place. But if there is anything that St. Luke's account of the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem ought to make clear, it is that Christmas is just the opposite of what our world and we want to make it. Besides the glory of the incarnation, Christmas is also, like that of a passion of Christ, is also about pain. A woman gave birth that night. There was pain. Christmas is about God in the midst of mud and stench. Jesus Christ was born in a barn, not in the clean and pleasant confines of the local inn in Bethlehem, our real lives aren't too much removed from this reality either. This might be the first Christmas since our father or our mother or brother or sister or child has passed away. It might be the first Christmas since the divorce or since cancer came back and took someone you loved or companies around the globe downsized due to the pandemic and so many people lost their jobs. I ask you, how are we to feel unbridled joy in these circumstances? I know, this is a hard time of the year. There is that empty chair to deal at the Christmas dinner table, that one less stocking that saves folded in the box in the garage. All the rituals that were designed for two or more are now up to you alone. And it is like the sound of one hand clapping. Not much sound at all, right? Christmas is the season you wait to see if the hurt has let up any since this time last year. And you want it to so you get on with your life. And you don't want it to because that might mean you have to stop caring. Meanwhile, the memories climb up to meet you overwhelmingly with a melancholy so sweet you can almost taste it far back in your throat. I understand this isn't the warm, fuzzy podcast you expected to hear on Christmas Day. But it's only by being honest that we can begin to behold the true wonder and glory of Christmas. There is incredible good news for us in this muddy and yucky Christmas. In this all too ordinary birth in Bethlehem. we meet God in a way that is not my usual jolly good way of presentation. During this podcast, we have met God not in his terrible and frightening holiness and almightiness that make us shake in our shoes, but in his loving and merciful holiness. A holiness that is true unlike anything else in this whole world. It is in this ordinary birth in Bethlehem in a cold and miserable place in that barn, that God comes to meet us. And why? Because we find ourselves cold and muddy, our dreams unfulfilled, and our eyes sometimes are filled with tears of pain because another year has passed and the problems are still there. All we need to do is look to that muddy, and yucky birth in Bethlehem. That child is Emmanuel, God with us, in the midst of the muck and the pain to assure us that there's nothing too grimy to separate us from his love. God is with us to love us, This is good news for all of us because it means we don't have to be afraid to have our Christmas be, how do I say, a little muddy. We don't have to hide our hurt and pain. That isn't real life. Real life can be muddy and messy, but because of that first muddy Christmas, there is still a reason to smile and celebrate. For when we remember that the baby was born in a smelly, muddy barn in Bethlehem, we know that our God isn't going to let real life and a little mud get in the way of His loving us. So to all, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Amen. Well, that ties it down for the Christmas Day special. I hope you enjoyed it. And we have a lot more great episodes coming up for you. And we hope that you'll join us on each and every one. So be sure to click follow up at the top or leave a review and some kind words are always appreciated. And share my podcast. We hope to grow it much larger in next year, and by you doing that, I'm sure we'll be there. So, for me and mine, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas.